On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla drops a big new announcement about a plaid mode Model S and Model X update. Plus, a new Tesla patent for a windshield wiper could have significant future impact on two of its vehicles in particular, a notable new change to the latest Model 3s, an update on the Tesla pickup truck unveiling, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you alongside a sprawled out and very toasty Daisy the Boxer Puppy on a rare hot day in San Francisco. This is episode 215 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for September 15th, 2019. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a toasty one today. I am going to be washing the car tomorrow. It's uh, getting, getting good and dusty and dirty and, and ready for a cleaning and Weather should be good for it tomorrow. As uh, plus, I'd like it clean for my birthday. My birthday is coming up this week as I uh, head into the final year of my thirties. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll be good. Hope your week has been good, and it's been a really exciting week in the world of Tesla. Let's jump right in with a midweek announcement that was absolutely stunning. Elon Musk dropping a bombshell. Actually, Elon and the official Twitter account as well. Sort of. Co-opting, co- cooperatively uh, working together to drop uh, quite the bombshell, a three-motor, a tri-motor, plaid-mode Model S and Model X are on the way in about a year. So Elon was tweeting about setting a new record by uh, one second for a four-door vehicle, not a four-door electric vehicle, a four-door anything at Laguna Seca. And then the official Tesla account posted, we lapped Laguna Seca in 1 minute 36 second, 36.555 seconds during advanced R&D testing of our Model S plaid powertrain and chassis prototype. Now, Elon had tweeted around the same time, the only thing beyond ludicrous is plaid, which you'll remember he said at the, the Roadster unveiling as well. And then Elon confirming in a follow-up tweet that it is indeed a three-motor setup similar to the Roadster, if not identical to the Roadster. He says, to be clear, Plaid powertrain uh, is about a year away from production and applies to S, X, and Roadster, but not three or Y. It will cost more than our current offerings, but less than competitors, end quote. Now, by competitors there, he means the Porsche Taycan because... Uh, Indeed, all of this started after the Taycan set a record for the fastest four-door EV lap on the fabled Nürburgring racetrack, as I told you about last week. Uh, Elon had taken to Twitter to say that Tesla would be taking a crack at it with the Model S. And so uh, I certainly thought, oh, they're going to do it with the latest Raven update. Okay, we'll see what that can do. And what, what made it a little more interesting was 2016 F1 racing champion and noted Tesla fan Nico Rosberg even volunteered to drive the car around the ring on Twitter, and Elon seemed to take him up on it. So, you know, perhaps it was all a prearranged kind of publicity thing, and maybe it wasn't. But regardless, 
it it's uh, been a very interesting week with regard to Tesla and hitting the track. Uh, so the car was already there, and they are they are uh, they've been running it around lately. Now uh, Elon had said we probably won't try for the best lap time this week, as we need to review and tune Model S thoroughly for safety on Nurburgring, especially Flugplatz section. Now, if you've seen the pictures of this car on Twitter or on or on uh, just online. This Model S is a this plaid prototype is substantially different. At least it appears to be substantially different than a stock P100D. It has quite a large spoiler on it. It's got different tires and wheels. It's got uh, fl- flared out fenders uh, above, you know, around those those tires and wheels. And it's certainly the interior is stripped, and it uh, it is you know it, it it oh and the the front air intake it has a much larger opening. It's like they kind of hacked away a bit of the front fascia where the you know the lower part where the the cooling intake is. They they enlarge that so it's a you know get get some more cooling going on in there. So it is definitely a different looking car. And on the back, either. You know whether this will be official or whether this is just as a tongue-in-cheek fun thing for right now. The back of the car has a P100D badge, but with a plus next to it. So P100D plus. So uh, really fascinating to see this, and you know, so the, the the ring is coming up, and seemingly you know they're they're kind of out there working on it now, and. Before that, you know, this past week they'd been tweaking a bit closer to home, uh, Laguna Seca, which is which is more or less in Tesla's backyard. And you know, what's interesting here is Elon was clearly lying in wait for this, lying in wait for the Porsche. They knew he had to know that they were going to be a serious competitor on the track. And you know, I'm sure he's gotten wind of of what they're doing. Uh, and he, but he was just like a tiger in the jungle waiting to pounce on its prey from up in a tree or, or in deep grass. You know, it's, he probably also knew roughly what the Taycan would be capable of. And so Tesla has been developing the new chassis for the S and the X as they can no doubt continue roadster development. And here we go. Porsche rolls out the Taycan and Elon has an immediate answer for it. Now, okay, maybe not quite immediate, as these cars are, by his own words, a year away, but let's call it at least an immediate public relations response. Now, speaking of this being a year away, you know, that off the cuff, you might think, man, well, that doesn't that maybe sound like kind of a bad idea to announce something a year away, like, I mean, Model S and Model X sales have already been down, but won't this, you know, won't putting that out there a year in advance slow those sales down even further? I mean, granted, not every Model S and Model X customer can afford or would necessarily even want a plaid version, but the the non-plaid customers might still wait figuring that additional improvements may be coming, you know, perhaps even a long-awaited interior and or exterior refresh. I would say at the very least, the chances of those, of either or both of those happening just went up because 
A new chassis is not an insignificant change. Uh, now, then again, the other way to look at this too is it might also cause some prospective Tycon customers to wait as well. Uh, though I personally think, my personal opinion is I don't think there's a lot of overlap there. I don't think necessarily somebody looking at the Tycon is, you know, I'm sure they'd be impressed by what the Plaid Model S is doing, but, you know, I, I don't, I think somebody that's going to pay 185K plus for a Tycon is probably a Porsche fan and maybe, you know, a loyal customer. And, and that's likely where their allegiance will lie. And that's, and that's fine. I mean, as Elon would say, just any EV is is good. That's what that's what the whole point is, is to get that's what Tesla's been trying to do for the last 10 years is get other people to make really good electric vehicles. But um, you know, the other thing about the Taycan is it's intended to do well on the track. Uh and so this that means the plaid mode model S, the fact that they're even taking it to the ring means it's intended to do well there. And I would expect that the Plaid Model S is almost guaranteed to have track mode software, which currently only the Performance Model 3 has. Even the P100DS doesn't have it, P or X, X for that matter. And uh, furthermore, it's entirely possible that, again, with a new chassis design, that the Plaid S and X may very well have a new battery form factor and or chemistry. I mean, this might finally be when, you know, meaning in a year from now, might finally be when Tesla moves away from the 18650 cells that they've been using since the Model S was born in 2012. And maybe they will go uh, either to the Model 3's 2170 cells or perhaps something even newer. Uh, now, I personally doubt, and this is obviously well open to interpretation, I don't expect that the S and the X will have a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack like the Roadster does. Because, you know, there is a reason that the Roadster's $200,000 and Elon said that the Plaid Mode S and X will be more expensive than the current $100,000 performance S and X, but less than the competitors, meaning uh, basically less than the $185,000 Taycan. So, it may very well still have a larger battery pack than 100 kilowatts, kilowatt hours, pardon me. I, I, you know, this seems like a good opportunity for them to go ahead and go for 400 miles of range. You know, whether that's a, a 120 kilowatt hour pack or, or something else, but I really doubt it'll be a 200 kilowatt hour beast of a pack because otherwise, you know, there, there's a reason that the Roadster's more money than than what Elon is positioning this SNX at. So now, but but then again, let's let's have a little fun here. What what will the performance be like? Well, okay, the zero to sixty metric is sort of the the first one we tend to look at with Teslas, and I would think that that Plaid S will get down. I'm gonna put it just you know this is my own guess. I'm gonna put it at two point two seconds with the rollout, which is how Tesla measures now, with the one-foot rollout. And I'll say 2.5 for the Model X. So those are you know, notably better than the P100Ds, but uh, still you know, not in the, the 1.9, the under two-second range where the Roadster is. Uh, the Roadster without the SpaceX package. We still don't know how much quicker 
the the SpaceX package Roadster will go. It'll be below 1.9 seconds, but how far uh, is is yet to be seen. But now remember too, you know, I was talking about pack size a minute ago. Remember how Tesla, not too long ago, earlier this year, they dropped the battery pack size uh, from the the naming conventions of the cars, and now they're just referred to like the Model Threes as long range and performance. So that would allow them, I would think, to make a really weird numbered kilowatt hour battery for this plaid mode car. You know, maybe it's going to be 113 kilowatts or something, kilowatt hours or something like that. You know, if they need both uh, a bit of extra power output to get the most out of that plaid setup, and then again, taking the opportunity to push the S over the 400 mile range, and maybe the the Model X gets up to the 350 range. Uh, On that note too, I wonder if since, uh, you know, they're going to be redesigning the chassis, if there will see any other sort of substantial under the hood changes that we might not even obviously be thinking about right now. But regardless, this is a super exciting announcement, awesome development here. And Tesla is not standing still. They've never stood still. It's going to be really fascinating to see what this bad boy can do. I mean, that that is going to be fun. Also, if you take a listen to... Uh, actually, you know what? I'll just play it for you right now. Here's a little bit of the Plaid Mode S at Laguna Seca. I think it's fair to say here, not exactly, but it's this is, a, this is our first indication in the ballpark of what the Roadster will sound like because it will have a a three-motor setup. So here is what a three-motor Model S sounds like on the track. I like that sound. It kind of reminds me of the original Roadster, where you were just, you know, you were right, you were sitting so low, you were right down, uh, right near the motor, and you could just hear it spin up and whine. So there you got three motors. Now that car probably has no soundproofing, no sound insulation at all, because they've probably stripped it completely for weight in order to, uh, you know, maximize their efficiency on the track and, and their, their, uh, get as light as possible. But you know, the, the final production car, you might not hear the wine quite like that, but figure that's at least, that's a, that's a hint of what the roadster will sound like. And then of course, obviously the plaid S and X. All right, let's talk about more crazy, fun Tesla stuff, something forward thinking coming out of Tesla. Not a surprise. They're very good at that. And as usual with that stuff, it sounds awesome. Tesla has patented an electromagnetic windshield wiper system. So as reported by Tesla Roddy, and they write, Tesla's design for its electromagnetic windshield wiper system involves the use of a, quote, linear actuator that may include a guide rail and an electromagnetic moving block, end quote. The design is modular, enabling easy installation. The wiper arm and blade could be attached to each other as well, forming a, quote, linear mono wiper in an uncluttered design, end quote. Tesla describes how its windshield wiper assembly works as follows, quote, 
The disclosed electromagnetic wiper system may include a linear actuator that may include a guide rail and an electromagnetic moving block. The guide rail may include a plurality of permanent magnet bars that may be disposed horizontally along a curvature of the windshield of the vehicle. The electromagnetic moving block may act as an electromagnetic train and may include a plurality of perforations and at least an electromagnetic coil that surrounds the plurality of perforations in the electromagnetic moving block. The linear motion of the electromagnetic moving block through the plurality of the permanent magnet bars may be controlled to steer... Man, who... I don't know who writes patents, but it is... Uh, that is detailed technical writing right there. Uh, the plurality... Let's see, sorry. The linear motion of the electromagnetic moving block through the plurality of permanent magnet bars may be controlled to steer the wiper arm that may be coupled to the electromagnetic moving block back and forth across the entire length of the windshield to wipe a defined region. For example, the entire transparent area, i.e. Uh, near 100% uh, area of the windshield. This may result in minimal friction during the linear motion of the electromagnetic moving block. So there you go. Uh, now, what's interesting uh, about this electromagnetic windshield wiper patent is that the entire mono wiper assembly stows away beneath the hood of the vehicle when not in use. So, you know, this is as meant to be as out of the way as possible, both when it's not in use and when it is in use. And the, when I read this, the thought I had was that the two big candidates for this piece of equipment, should Tesla develop it, are the Semi and the Roadster, both out of necessity and cost. Now, in the case of the Roadster, remember, the one known working prototype, the red one, does not have a windshield wiper on it. The rolling mule, which is the white one, does, and it is a massive, hideous thing that almost certainly negatively affects the drag coefficient of the car. Uh, and then, now the other thing I mentioned is cost, right? That's a new piece of tech like this is bound to cost more, you know, at least at first, than the, you know, traditional decades and decades old mechanical windshield wiper system. So this is very unlikely, should it again be developed to market, very unlikely, I think, to start out uh, on the lower cost, high volume cars, the three and the Y. Um, I think it may very well make its way to them in time. But the Semi and the Roadster both have high enough price tags, low enough volume production, and a, a need for something like this. The Semi, in, in its case, for added efficiency, and the Roadster for maybe efficiency a little bit, not as much with a 200 kilowatt hour pack, um, but more so its ability to go 250 plus miles an hour uh, they're going to want to do everything they can to not have a wiper attached to an arm at a car that could be going 200 plus, 250 plus miles an hour. But uh, I cannot wait to see what this looks like in practice if it indeed uh, does come to be. So be keeping an eye on that one. Let's play some more sound clips, shall we? Some good stuff. My friend Trevor from the Tesla Owners Online website, podcast, YouTube channel, and forum, getting the scoop from a Tesla technician that all Model 3s built after September 1st 
will include a pedestrian noisemaker that will emit a sound at speeds under 19 miles an hour. And Trevor even managed to get audio clips of what they sound like. There's a different sound for forward and a different and uh, and reverse. So there's two different sounds here. First, the I'll play a, the first one that you'll hear is the forward clip and then the reverse clip. Take a listen. So again, the first clip was f- the forward sound, and the second one was the reverse one. And, you know, I'm sure people are going to immediately look to see if there's a way to unplug or disable these without the car yelling at you. I'm not saying you should do that. These are there for a good reason. But, you know, at the same time, there are many gas cars that are totally silent at low speeds as well. I'm looking at you, for starters, hybrids. So, you know, it it is odd to single out EVs on this, but regardless, uh, I will say, I'm no joke, I was braced for the worst when I sat down to listen to these. And I actually think they're uh, pretty subtle. The forward sound is basically white noise. So I don't have anything to complain about there. And then the rear one is, it's funny, you know, a minute ago I was just saying, oh, the the tri-motor, the Plaid Mode S kind of reminds me of the original Roadster uh, motor wine. Well, this this actually kind of does too in a more subtle way. Like it's, it's like a higher pitched version of what the original Roadster sounded like under acceleration. So uh, if you've recently ordered and are taking delivery later this month, you know, right before the end of the quarter that's coming up, you may end up being one of the very first people to get this. So keep uh, take a look for that when you get your car. Next this week, the Tesla pickup truck unveiling will likely be occurring in November. Quote-unquote, most likely, says Elon Musk on Twitter. And if, if uh, November does end up being the magic time for this, It'll end up being about, right about the two-year anniversary of Tesla's last major product unveiling. Uh, or part, well, other, sorry, no, it's not. Of course, we had the Y. But anyway, the two-year anniversary of the semi-truck and the Roadster, because those, those were in November as well. November 16th, I had to go back and look it up. November 16th, 2017. Now, on this subject... One thing I think is important to note in order to help keep people's expectations in check a little bit with the pickup truck, I've seen a lot of chatter in the community uh, since Elon tweeted this about how the pickup truck is going to be $50,000. Yes, Elon did say that during my interview with him. However, just to remind everybody, he said they'll get there. He didn't say they were going to start there. 
I mean, like, like just about every Tesla, they're almost certainly going to start with the higher optioned versions first. Uh, Elon has said as much that that's a part of their strategy to help recoup the tooling costs that are, you know, it costs more. The first cars you make cost more than after you've made, you know, 20,000 of them and have refined your process a ton. So, um, you know, it, it just makes sense, too, with the pickup truck because it's going to be a big vehicle with a big battery pack. So it'll probably be uh, relatively complicated to build, at least compared to the it's the three and the Y, which are engineered to be as simple as possible. You know, that's to say nothing of the fact that we already know this thing is going to be weird by Elon's own repeated admissions there. So I just just putting it out there, I would expect the pickup truck to be pretty expensive at first, but if you want to, if you do get in early, it'll be loaded, probably loaded with all the bells and whistles, and then that fifty thousand ish version will come around eventually, but probably not right out of the gate. I can't wait to see it. November, uh, I will hopefully I'll be able to to get down there and see that thing. So I'll uh, keep you updated on that as more updates come along. A couple more stories. This week, Tesla is donating some chargers for use up in Canada. From the official Parks Canada Twitter, they say visiting our places in your zero emissions vehicles is getting that much easier. You'll now be able to plug in and enjoy more of our places thanks to Tesla, who is donating electric vehicle charging stations with both Tesla and J1772 connectors to Parks Canada. So, Really great to see this in any context, but uh, especially because I know Canada has been a bit starved for superchargers, particularly that Trans-Canada corridor. So um, it's just really nice to read this. This is nothing but good news. I like reporting good news. Now, to be clear, this sounds like it's not superchargers, but instead Tesla wall connectors, which, you know, if you have a three can do up to 42 miles per hour. Sorry, Canadians. I'm not sure what that is in kilometers per hour, with all due respect. And then, you know, they mentioned the J1772 chargers that Teslas can use with an adapter, and then obviously other non-Tesla EVs can use those too. So good stuff there. Glad, uh, happy for my Canadian friends. A couple more quick things. Smart auto park, meaning you're not in the car. You get out and the car parks itself is expected in version 10.1 of the upcoming Tesla software. So not the next release, but the next substantial follow-up release after that. If you're, you know, if you're curious about this, uh, again, this is an auto park where you don't have to be in the car. You can get out, walk into your restaurant or wherever you're going, and the car will park itself. So uh, scratch that off of the V10 list for now, but of course we're already getting... Smart Summon, and add Smart Auto Park to your 10.1 expectation list. And finally, a quick note, which you have probably, a lot of you have probably already seen just by way of of opening up your Tesla app, but the referral bonus has doubled for the remainder of the quarter, little end of quarter push here. You and the person you're referring will get 2,000 supercharger miles if they use your code. So if you know anybody buying Make sure to give them your code. Get yourself a couple thousand, a nice, you know, a nice road trip at least 
if not a couple road trips worth of free supercharging. All right, that's everything I've got for you news-wise this week. Stick with me, though. As always, a bunch of excellent calls lined up for you in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. In fact, I, I actually couldn't keep up. There were so many calls this week, which is great to see. It's a good problem for me to have. Couldn't even keep up. I got I to gotta catch up over the weekend after I do this show. But, you know, busy week at work, and yeah, still got a, a bunch of un, unlistened-to phone calls that I will screen, but uh, plenty of good ones coming up right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, and as usual, my public service announcement. I invite you, I welcome you, I encourage you to participate in this part of the show where I get to hear from you guys, which I super like. Uh, You can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record me a question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds, that's a minute and a half or less, and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call and leave that same 90 second or less call uh, right on the Ride the Lightning hotline as uh, as a voicemail message, basically. And you can do that by dialing toll-free anytime, 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's go to Owen first. Wants to talk about superchargers. Go ahead, Owen. Hi, Ryan. This is Owen Morgan. Um, Not yet a Tesla owner. I hope to be quite soon. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little about what amenities are at the superchargers because uh, not being a Tesla owner, you don't really find that out. And uh, is there a way to choose a supercharger when you're on a road trip? Uh, depending on what you want to eat as well as when you need to charge. And uh, then for your discoloration on the seat, I don't know if this is worn through or if it's something on the surface. If it's something on the surface, um, I would try Mr. Clean Pad. They seem to get just about everything. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, and I am happy to help you out here. If you go to tesla.com slash supercharger and click on any of the red supercharger icons, which means those are the active online superchargers, it will show you on at that station a list of amenities, including restaurants, right over there on the left side of the page. So take a look when you get a chance, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, let me go next to Vallejo, California. I couldn't quite catch the name here. I tried to listen to this a few times. I think it's Marion, but uh, Marion, if I'm, if I'm getting that wrong, I sincerely apologize. Uh, but anyway, she is calling in with regard to Tesla insurance. Go ahead. Let's hear from you. Hi, Ryan. This is Marion from Vallejo, California. I called in to provide a comment for the Tesla community about our experience with the new Tesla insurance. On the Tesla insurance form, it only allows to input one name to the policy, an important detail that later changes the price of the premium. My husband and I both drive the Tesla and both need to be insured. We filled in the form, matching our current coverage as closely as possible, and quickly received a great quote that was cheaper than our current insurance by 35%. 
We proceeded to submit, we then paid it, and quickly received our policy. All appeared great, but later noticed that I needed to add my husband's name to the policy. After talking to a customer representative, in order to add a driver to the policy, it is necessary to call after paying for it. I then had to provide my husband's details in order to quote. Adding husband's name increased our monthly significantly. Instead of saving 35%, it would cost 15% more. We ended up canceling. Tesla needs to update the form to include the option to add multiple drivers in order to give a precise quote before committing and paying. Missing important details that changes the premium wasted my time and customer services time. I hope shortly that more kinks are ironed out. Thank you, Ryan. Keep up the great work. Marion, thank you so much for sharing your experience, and I'm cert- uh, very much sorry to hear that it was a negative one. You know, anytime you hear that it was a waste of my time, that is not a good sign for the thing in question. But you provide good constructive feedback. Tesla needs to add more options to that policy quote dispensing part of the Tesla insurance website in order to try and head off stuff like this so that you don't go all the way down the rabbit hole and get, you know, get all fired up and invest a ton of time. So thanks so much for your call. Uh, We're going to head down further south in California to Los Angeles. Let's talk to Joel, who calls in about his steering wheel in his Model 3. Go ahead, Joel. Hi, Ryan. This is Joel from Los Angeles. Longtime listener, first-time caller. Wanted to comment about two things. Firstly, the new vegan leather steering wheel in the Model 3. Way back in May of this year, I took my car in for a warranty repair of the horn. There are two actuators that trigger the horn, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the left was non-functional since delivery, so I wanted to get that fixed. They ended up having to replace the entire steering wheel and airbag in order to fix it. When I picked up my car, I immediately noticed something was different about the steering wheel. It felt like a matte texture versus the smooth texture I was used to. Even had another fellow Model 3 owner try it out, and he too noticed the difference. Neither of us could figure out why until this past week and news of the vegan leather steering wheel dropped. Turns out Tesla has been using the vegan leather wheels for warranty repairs for the past several months, and only now are they making it into new cars at the factory. Perhaps they had to exhaust their inventory of real leather wheels first before making the news announcement about the new vegan wheels. Either way, it's nice to know that my car is now 100% animal-free. Secondly, I wanted to get your opinion on a feature request I've been mulling over for some time regarding the auto-dimming mirrors. Living in Los Angeles, it's always sunny. As such, upon delivery of my Model 3, I immediately got my windows tinted. Then I immediately noticed how little I could see out of my mirrors at night. The combination of auto-dimming mirrors with dark window tint make it very difficult to see approaching cars at night. I was wondering if an option could be added to turn off the auto-dimming mirror feature so that those of us with window tint can turn this feature off, thus gaining visibility and safety. Do you think this is a viable feature request? Interested to know your thoughts. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate all you do for the community. Keep up the great work. Wow, very interesting, Joel. Thank you for your call. It does indeed look like your mystery is solved. Funny how Tesla's been sneaking the vegan steering wheels out here and there. I'm curious. I would love a follow-up. How do you like it? How does it feel? How does it look? uh, If you're willing, I would definitely love to hear it from you again since you had a leather one and can now do a very, very good side-by-side comparison based on your experiences. So, uh, And by the way, I'll bet you're totally right about Tesla using up their supply of the leather ones 
before fully making the switch. Uh, and thanks for the idea about the auto-dimming mirrors. I think that is a good idea. So hopefully somebody from Tesla that's listening is noting it down. Let's head out to Chicago, talk to Tom, one of, our, uh, one of my regular callers. Has a very interesting Tesla sound system question. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Ryan, it's Tom from Chicago again. Fun question for you this time. If you had one song to show off your Tesla's awesome sound system, what would you choose? I'd pick Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen myself because I think it has just a little bit of everything in it. But let me know what you'd pick, and if I may, I think it would be fun if anyone else who calls into the hotline share their song too. Thanks. Later, dude. Uh, quite the fun topic here, Tom. I am happy to play along. Now, those of you who've been listening to me for a while know that I am not afraid to uh, be honest about about anything and and just say things that that might be about myself that might be potentially embarrassing, like you know, just <laughs> sappy reactions I've had to various Tesla things or, or what have you. And I am gonna gonna do the same thing right here because I figure, well, it's two things. You know, one. We're all friends here with a with a shared enthusiasm for Tesla, so hopefully you won't decide to laugh at me at stuff like this. But you know what? Even if you do, I can't hear you. I can't hear you laughing at me. So if you want to laugh at me from your home or car or wherever you are, well, uh, that's go right ahead. Just don't tell me about it. That's all. I don't. I don't want to know. But uh, anyway, so this the answer I'm going to give you. That's uh, it's it's part in the spirit of your question and part meaningful to me. So that's where I'm going with this. Anyway, the song is something just like this by the Chainsmokers with Coldplay, and the reason for that is because the first song that I heard, the first time I got to drive a Model Three, which I was so lucky to get to do back in early November of 2017 when a Tesla employee friend, or actually more specifically, she and her husband became my good friends uh, over time. They, they had kindly reached out. They came by and they let me drive their new employee Tesla, their, their new Model 3, back when uh, the cars, the Model 3s were truly a rarity at that point. So here was this thing that, uh, well, it's, so we were, we were cruising, just cruising along, and uh, the gentleman, I'm not sure if they want their names out. So the, the gentleman, the husband, cranks up the sound system, does like, hey, check out the sound system in this thing. Uh, and right when that song had come on, this, this Chainsmokers song with Coldplay, and I have to say, the, 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 I, I like, you know, it's a good beat. The, the lyrics, the, the sort of the kicker is it's Chris Martin from Coldplay. It's, I want something just like this. It very cheesily rang true to me because I had been wanting something just like this, a Model 3, for so long. Because, again, if you've been listening to me for a while, I know a lot of you are newer since uh, the Elon interview at 200, episode 200. You know, this the, I started this podcast four years ago, way before I had my Model 3. You know, before I, I was just hoping and saving and waiting and and uh, just biding my time, and you know, I couldn't couldn't quite uh, afford the Model S at the time, and the the three was, you know, that was the thing I was waiting for, and so you know, there was there was a lot of emotional investment in that for me when I finally got to drive a Model Three. It was just 
it and it, it just it meant a lot to me. And I and when I heard that song, it just it just sunk in with me. It just it stayed with me. And so when I did finally get my own Model Three, I called up that song via the uh, you know the voice command. I gave it a thumbs up, and so it's part of my favorites now on my favorites radio. And anytime it comes on, I, I get super pumped up. Whenever Slacker br- chooses it for me, I get really pumped up because I consider that song my own personal Model 3 anthem. Like, that's my Model 3 anthem. And now, uh, Tom, to your original intent here, I will add that that song actually does have some really nice bass to it. And a, if I may say, in my opinion, a pretty cool beat to it. As well, so I think it is a pretty fun song to use to show off the Model 3 sound system. So thanks, Tom, for that. You took me down a nice little uh, trip down memory lane there. I appreciate that. Let's go to another regular caller. Our friend Joe from New York has a supercharger question. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Ryan. It's Joe from New York. So I'm driving for a bit, and now I've stopped at a supercharger, and the battery's pretty low. Uh, the supercharger says it's rated for 150 kilowatts, but I seem to be maxing out uh, at about 142, which is still great. But the question is, uh, why am I not hitting that 150 kilowatt um, ability? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, Joe. Well, most likely it's because you only get that absolute maximum peak charge for a short time, and that comes at a pretty, pretty low state of charge. Even if you had 20%, that might not have been low enough of a state of charge to get the full 150 kilowatt blast of juice. But hey, look at it this way. You are getting 95% of the maximum charge rate. That's pretty darn good. And remember, too, superchargers up until very recently couldn't even hit 142 kilowatts. So uh, keep, the, keep the positive in mind there, my friend. Thanks, as always, for your calls. Uh, Pete from Carmel calls in next to talk about autopilot. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Ryan. This is Pete from Carmel. I just wanted to bring up a topic regarding autopilot. Um, I've owned a Model S um, in one form or another for the last uh, three years. I had um, the first iteration of Autopilot um, through Mobileye, and then I've got the newer version, the 2.5 iteration. I've had three or four incidents where I've been on the highway, and the Autopilot will suddenly and forcefully apply the brakes to the point where I may be going... 50, 60 miles an hour and slow down to like 30 abruptly. Um, In the first few instances, it didn't cause any problem because there was really nobody around me in my lane. Uh, It just scared the heck out of my wife and myself. Um, But today I was on the highway, probably going 55, 60 miles an hour, and the same thing happened, but there was a fellow behind me and I'll tell you, it was super close. He almost rear-ended me. Um, I had to uh, quickly hit the accelerator to get away from him. And, of course, you know, he gave me the look of daggers. And all I could do was just meekly smile and, you know, wave saying, I'm sorry. Uh, there's no way I can tell him it was autopilot's fault. So he thought I was a total jerk. Um, but needless to say, very dangerous um, 
situation, and I was wondering if, uh, number one, you've heard about this. Maybe you've already covered this, and I just missed it on one of the prior podcasts, but Tesla doesn't seem to be fixing the problem. I looked back, and there are 51 posts, some of them dating back to last year. So this is a known problem, and the fact that they're pushing full self-driving and they haven't fixed this yet makes me super nervous. Um, I'm a big autopilot fan, but I'm not going to use it until this is solved. So if you have anybody at Tesla that knows about this and maybe you can bring it to their attention or get some information on what's in the works as far as fixing this, we'd all appreciate it. Thanks again for all you do. Appreciate it. Hi, Pete. Well, I have definitely heard about it. I've experienced it. Fortunately, I haven't personally experienced it in a while, but I know it's far from eliminated overall. Uh, I completely understand that it affects your confidence in autopilot. I have to imagine that the autopilot team is well aware of it. The question, I think, is whether they've identified the root cause of the issue and what they're doing to address it. Now, I can't imagine, again, uh, that we'll hear any public declarations about this from Tesla when they do finally push out a neural net update to address it, because the fudsters, the haters, the naysayers, the shorters out there would have a field day with twisting any acknowledgement of, of uh, any sort of widespread issue like that into, into a million negative headlines. Uh, I imagine that what'll happen is it'll just stop happening one day. Uh, I think that's probably the best case scenario here. So Pete, thank you as always for your calls. Let's go to a different Joe from New York uh, who wants to talk a little autopilot as well. Joe, you're on the air. Hey, thank you, Ryan. And yes, it's Joe from New York. Sorry about that, pal. My question is regarding my uh, 2017 Model S and uh, the intervals between self-driving times when you have to touch the steering wheel. Um, I've done some lap times over a few hours of driving on the highway. I found at uh, bumper-to-bumper times, like we get here in New York, I was getting uh, two, two and a half minutes almost. Uh, And then at 60 or so miles an hour, 65, I was getting... I would say uh, as little as 30 seconds, but there's such a vast difference between it, and, and it, it changed. So, so what's causing this to happen? Is it an algorithm that they wrote? Is it random? Is it uh, speed, stop and go, things like that? I'm curious, and if you know the answer, you'll impress me. Thanks, pal. It's a great question, Joe, and, and I'm not going to be able to impress you with the exact I definitely know this correct answers, but I can pretty definitively say that I don't think it's random. I've observed the same behavior, and I suspect it's programming. If speed greater than X, check for steering wheel force every Y seconds. If speed less than X, check for steering wheel force every Z seconds. I mean, it, it makes sense in practice, certainly. You know, you're you're not nearly at uh, as much of a risk when your hands are off the wheel in stop-and-go traffic as you are at highway speed. Thanks for your call. Uh, back to San Francisco here across the country to Dave, who is uh, wanting to talk in response to the awesome law enforcement officer 
that called in last week about the, the road raging, about the lane splitting situation with the motorcyclists. So go ahead, Dave. Hi, Ryan. This is Dave from San Francisco. I am currently at the top of the headlands looking down at the Golden Gate Bridge, as I usually am listening to your podcast. My question is, uh, two questions actually. One is to the uh, law enforcement officer that is a motorcycle rider. I'm wondering if you had those uh, videos of the road rage, if you could make a complaint and possibly have that motorcyclist ticketed. And the second question is uh, in regards to the uh, summon feature. Uh, I currently have a Model X with advanced autopilot, and I am turning it in for a new Model X a Raven. And I'm wondering if I will also have that feature of uh, the advanced summon that comes with enhanced autopilot. Dave, thank you for calling in. Uh, I can't definitively answer your first question, but I would imagine that since there wasn't any actual damage, vandalism, injury, or anything else, that the motorcyclist probably can't be cited in any way. Uh, I can speak more authoritatively on your second question, though, and that is you're only going to get enhanced summon on your new Model X if you purchase the full self-driving package now that the uh, autopilot package structures have changed. You know, you're getting base autopilot for free now, but that's literally just lane keeping with auto steer, traffic adaptive cruise control and auto steer. It doesn't even change lanes on its own when you signal for it. You've got to take it out of autopilot to do it. That's that's the, the where the line is drawn now. But you will need to add that full self-driving package in order to get the enhanced slash smart summon, whatever whatever we're calling it this week. Fortunately, if you do opt for that, though, you'll be getting everything. So I hope that helps, and congratulations on your new Model X. I've got uh, two more calls here. An anonymous caller is up next sharing a road trip experience, which I brought up last week. So, uh, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Love the podcast. Uh, you were asking on your episode about uh, road trips, and I just wanted to tell you my experience with my new Model 3 long range. Uh, I have been extremely impressed and pleased with the superchargers in terms of their placement and how many of them there are. There's, I've never, I've only had it for about a month now, but I've never, ever pulled up to a supercharger in Pennsylvania. That was where I live. Uh, where it's all been full. In fact, they've always been at least half empty, which is great. Uh, and they charge super fast, and these buggy racers are super fun. So that hasn't been a problem. The problem has been the actual range. I have like a performance upgrade. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the long range model, but I guess they unlocked the, um, the 0 to 16 3.2 seconds for me, and I can't help myself, and I just, I, I just drive super aggressively. I'm not aggressively like, like rudely, but just, I just love to go fast and I love to accelerate fast. So I find myself with like half the range uh, that I should be having. It, it kind of, uh, it runs out a lot faster than I thought. So I, I find myself charging a lot more. So that's my fault. And I'm sure if I, uh, 
if I drove a little more cautiously and a little, a little slower, put it in chill mode, that I would get the range that it's advertised. But I guess I, nobody warned me that if I was going to have as much fun as I could have in this car, that I would lose as much range as I'm losing. So, but uh, still super happy with it. So thanks for the podcast. Thanks very much for your call. And I'm super glad to hear that you're enjoying your new Model 3. So yeah, physics can't be overcome with regard to range. You know, just, just like gasoline cars get lousier gas mileage when you drive them hard, EVs will soak up more juice when you stomp on that pedal a lot. But here's the thing I like to tell people, and I, certainly I tell myself, driving a Tesla like you stole it still gets you the equivalent of about 80 to 90 miles per gallon or so. The, you know, obviously not actual gallons, but the, you know, MPGE, you're still getting around, you're, you're getting an absurd number, uh, you know, uh, quite the efficient number. So if that's any comfort to you, I know it is to me. And our final caller on a, a somewhat similar topic, Vincent from Des Moines uh, wants to talk about sort of driving it hard versus, versus, uh, you know, chilling out, doing doing the chill mode a little bit here. So, Vincent, you're on the air. Take us home, my friend. Hey, Ryan. This is Vincent from Des Moines. I've called in a couple times. Um, coming up on my one-year anniversary with my Model 3, absolutely in love with the car, like I'm sure many of us are. I had a couple of quick notes today. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to share with fellow drivers that uh, I've done over the past year that's kind of kept the car new is... Um, I keep the car in chill mode, Saturday to Thursday. I just drive it in chill, still a wonderful ride. You know, most of the time I'm, I'm in autopilot anyways as I commute a lot. But on Fridays, I'll unleash the beast a little bit. I don't even have performance. So for the, those of you with performance, it'd even be more fun probably. But uh, gosh, on Fridays, it's like I'm driving a new car every time. It's just so, so fun and something that I enjoy doing. So that would be a little, maybe a little pro tip. Uh, secondly, um, I wanted to thank the pro tip from the previous week about the driver profile for unlock. However, would still like to push this narrative. Please, Tesla, put it out with just, I don't, I don't see how my garage door can open, my mirrors can fold, but my car can't stay unlocked based on location. So would love to see that added via an update. And finally, just would like to wish a little happy birthday wish to my dad. He should be driving on his birthday to California as he listens to this. So. You know, happy birthday, Dad, if I'm on the show. Brian, appreciate all you do and look forward to speaking to you in the future. Bye. Well, Vincent, I have to tell you, I think you have a lot of discipline to stay in chill mode six days out of the week. But again, like as I said to the last caller, remember, the only thing you're really burning is a bit of tire tread, just a little, a little bit of tire tread. EVs will not wear any harder since there are so few moving parts. I would say, again, humbly, respectfully, though to each their own, but humbly, uh, you know, feel free to unleash the beast that is your Tesla seven days a week if you like. There's in, in my book, there's no need to hold back. Uh, hold back. Cheers to you, Vincent, and to everybody that called in. Thanks to all of you. Again, I, again, I'm still underwater with calls. I'll get caught up uh, over the weekend here. You know, I'm re recording on the usual late Friday night. But thanks to everybody for who called in. And again, I welcome and encourage your calls. You can do so 
via either one of those two easy methods that I told you about at the top of the segment. So hang back for a quick little five-second or so musical interlude. I'll come right back with the uh, pro tip of the week and parting thoughts for you right after this. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's going on with my car this week and and see if anybody else out there is having an issue. So um, my car, I always leave it to 80% charge. That's what it charges to every night. And uh, when I first got the car, it was the full range. So uh, 80% was 248 miles. And it, the and then as time has gone on, you know, it's been a year and th- what thirteen maybe fourteen thousand miles now. You know, you expect there is going to be a the, the bulk of your degradation, battery degradation, will happen uh, early on in the life cycle of the battery and and thus of the car. So I'd been down lately to about two forty two forty one, but just this week, it suddenly from one night to the next, it dropped. It only charged. I came out to the car, uh, and it had only charged to two thirty-three. So that seems like a quite a drop. Uh, you know, again, literally overnight as far as charging to eighty percent. So I'm curious if anybody out there is also seeing something like this. Now, I did take a software update earlier this week. I'm trying to remember what day, and it may very well have coincided with the software update. And I have heard of software updates kind of uh, tweaking those numbers and the way the car reads them and presents them before. So I'm wondering if that's not a coincidence with the with the with this happening alongside a software update. So uh, feel free to, I guess, email me is probably the easiest way. We probably don't need to do phone calls for that. But yeah, I'd be curious to hear if anybody out there has uh, has noticed anything similar in their, in their car. So that's what's up with me. Like I said I'm going to watch the car tomorrow. It is uh, should be nice weather, and it's very it's very just it. After two weeks or so, it gets super dusty, even if it's still relatively clean. And it's actually I think it's now been three weeks. Tomorrow's three weeks since I washed it, so it is due. Looking forward to getting out into the garage and doing some cleaning. All right, pro tip of the week time. Let's go to uh, our friend Michael from Milbray. A pro tip about bug reporting. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Ryan. It's Michael from Milbray. I have a pro tip of the week for you. Uh, if you hold down the controls button, which is the icon of your car in the bottom left corner, for a couple of seconds, uh, I think it sends a screenshot to Tesla as a bug report. Um, it does say thanks for your feedback, so that's what I assume it does. I don't know for sure, but I've been doing that anytime there's a uh, GPS turn that I can't legally make, or there's a display glitch or whatever, um, presumably it sends a bug report. Michael, thank you. I did not know about that. That uh, I could see that could definitely have plenty of uses for, for display and screen and interface issues. So good stuff there. All right, let me plug a few things before I go. First, abstractocean.com, makers of fine Tesla accessories for you. Uh, here and there, mostly for your car. Their big seller, as I uh, usually mention each week, are those those uh, wraps, the the vinyl wraps to go over your center console in your Model 3, which is very prone to scratches, 
uh, fingerprints certainly as well. So if you'd like to change the look of it, change the, the feel of it, and eliminate those scratches and fingerprints, abstractocean.com's got you covered with uh, various styles of wrap, uh, depending on what you want to put on there. They've also got tempered glass screen protectors for the Model 3, all kinds of good stuff. Give them a, a look one day when you've got a chance. abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your very first order. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections uh, do an awesome work here in the Bay Area, wonderful detailing work. Uh, my car is, is certainly a, a testament to that. I'm so glad that I connected with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections and and uh, got my car looking great, and it has ever since I got it, Since uh, so it's been awesome. If you are interested in ceramic coating or paint protection film, they've, they're currently offering $100 off of either of those packages, except if you do a full-body paint protection film, if you do the whole car, he'll give you $250 off. Uh, there's a, an additional discount for active and uh, retired veteran military personnel, member, military members, so uh, be sure to mention that to Immaculate Reflections as well. You can look them up on their website and get in touch, irdetailing.com. You can also head up to Instagram, uh, which is, the handle there is immaculate underscore reflections. And on Yelp, it's yelp.com slash immaculate reflections, all one word. Uh, Let's see, what else? Ah, of course, Jada. If you're in the market for a wireless charging pad for your smartphone to go in your Model 3, it's just a nice, clean, very factory-looking product. That's one of the things I super like about it. It also will hold your phone in place, even on hard acceleration launches. So take a look. I've got a uh, no discount on this one for you, sadly. But again, I've got a referral link. So if you were kind enough to use that, should you decide you want to order a wireless charging pad, uh, Jada will throw me a couple bucks on the sale for the referral. And then they've got that, the USB hub as well, if that is of interest. Uh, I've mentioned that in weeks past. So a couple extra USB-C ports as well as a nice like hidden dummy door thing to hide your, your dash cam USB stick inside of. So take a look at all that stuff. And again, my referral link that'll take you to their website is getjada.com. G-E-T-J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. All you've got to do is just use that URL and then anything you buy from there, it'll be, it'll all be automatic. And what else? Ah, email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to follow me on Twitter or just tweet me if you want to say hi, say something. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan. And I've got that Patreon page. So if you feel that I've earned your support in the financial sense of the word, it is totally optional. But if you if you saw fit, saw it in your heart to do so, I would certainly sincerely appreciate it because every little bit really does help. It adds up, makes a big difference. You can find out more at my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, and so let me start, or almost finish, I should say, by saying hi to the Patreon producers 
the group of folks at the producer tier, meaning they get their name shouted out each week. They also get a monthly bonus episode as well as early access to each week's episode. So thank you, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Josh, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, and Dennis Peak. Thank you all very, very much for your very generous and continued support. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, that is a free, not a money thing in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. You just choose which podcast service you prefer to get the podcast from, be it you know iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is in your Tesla. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on Spotify. I'm on YouTube, just audio only on YouTube. Uh, all those places you can subscribe to the podcast for free so that when there is a new episode, which of course is every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern time, Every week, like clockwork, I take a lot of pride in making sure I can do that. Uh, you will be, it will just be notified slash downloaded to you so that you don't have to remember, oh, yeah, wait, I got to go get the new episode of Ride the Lightning. So go subscribe, please, if you have not already. And with that, that'll be the end here of episode 215. Happy Palindrome Week, by the way. A number of you sent that in to me. It always likes it always makes its way around uh, social media and the internet when it's palindrome week when the dates are the same forwards and backwards at least in the American styling I know Europe formats they go they go day first then month you know and whereas the U S here we we tend to to state it as uh, month day year so yeah it was uh, it was the same forwards and backwards all this week good times fun stuff for a very passed out Daisy the boxer puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much for giving me uh, an hour plus of your very valuable time. I sincerely appreciate it. Another fun week of Tesla news. Let's do it again next week. Happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's, – it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make, it's maximum fun.